Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 114. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here in the cozy confines of Chernobyl, our little podcast studio, our little overheating podcast studio on a nice, warm, sunny, 90-degree day with Peter Lotion, my site editor. Welcome, Peter. Hi, Rob. Peter, I hope we uh, don't turn this room into a sauna. Uh, as I mentioned, it is hot today. Outside. Are, yeah, outside. We're still indoors. Yeah. But you know this room gets a little hot. Yeah. Luckily, we're not going to be talking about a subject that gets me or you too agitated or, or hot under the collar. We're going to be uh, talking about, um, specifically talking about Identiverse, uh, the conference that you and I and our colleagues attended this week in Boston. Uh, the artist formerly known as uh, Cloud Identity Summit, now Identiverse. And, um, but the larger topic also uh, that was brought up at the show about the use of machine learning and AI for authentication, identity management, verification, and what that is going to mean for enterprises and users, uh, which I find to be really fascinating. I was thinking about this the other day it, turning over like the 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 task of ensuring that people are who they say they are to a machine is like a, kind of like a reverse of the Voight-Comp test in Blade Runner. Yes. I mean, like you're you're basically you're asking a machine to make a determination about who like who we are, not who we are like real, but like whether or not like the person logging into their laptop or a network is actually Peter Lotion or whether the person is just pretending to be Peter Lotion. Pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, it was an interesting event. It was not, I'll, I'll say, and I think we, we were all kind of on the same page about this. The event was not as, I, I've attended it, um, this is my fourth year. Uh, it didn't, it, it wasn't quite as good as, as years past in terms of uh, the the content, but it was still pretty good. Lots of interesting people there. Um, and lots of interesting discussions around what's happening with authentication and access management. So uh, where do you want to start, Peter? Well, you spent a couple of days there. I was I only did. there for about half a day. So why don't you talk about the most interesting thing you saw to start? Or so the thing that, that engaged you the most? Uh, the thing that engaged me the most? Mm, well, probably, uh, this is kind of a cop-out, but the keynote, the, the, the main keynote, Monday morning was uh, from Andrew McAfee, principal, sign, uh, pr principal research scientist at MIT, author of the book, uh, I believe it's called uh, Machine Platform Crowd. I was saying machine crowd platform a lot and not realizing that I was getting it wrong, but it's Machine Platform Crowd, Harnessing Our Digital Future, which is basically about um, the use of crowds and machines and platforms to make decisions in today's world of technology. And one of the things he talked about in his keynote was uh, the old way of, of doing things, the old business rules. It's time to throw those out. We shouldn't be relying on um, you know, our, our executive leaders to make sort of decisions based on guts, 
you know, gut decisions, like what's in my gut, you know, the old Jack Welsh, you know, straight from the gut, uh, you, you want data and you want things like AI and machine learning to help you get that data and analyze that data. And he said something interesting here, and I want to get your take on it. He said, as we rewrite the rules of business, machines are now demonstrating excellent judgment over and over again. And he had a nice little term for what he called, um, for what he called the, the leaders who would engage in sort of the gut decisions. He would call them hippos. <laughs> Just wait. Highest paid person's opinion. So he, his whole sort of, you know, talk was about the people that are in these positions of power, these leadership positions, they don't always have the right information and they're making decisions that are not based on, you know, actual data, whereas you have these, you have this technology now that can make decisions. So he was saying this, and you know my feeling on AI and machine learning, and I'm going, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not a fan of like the gut decision I, uh, any more than um, apparently uh, Andrew McAfee is. But at the same time, I don't want to be turning things over and sort of, you know, to, to machine learning and AI and just say, oh, well, their judgment's better. That's a little scary to me. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, okay, since you asked my opinion, I'll, I'll give it to you. You're, and, you're the hippo now. I'm the hippo. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think so. Not, not Certainly not in this room. No, but, no. Uh, uh, as, as far as... Uh, if you're able to quantify and codify your rules for making a decision, you can depend on a machine to make the same decision given the same inputs, no matter what. Right. Doesn't matter if the, I mean, you mentioned void comp, comp uh, testing. Uh, so we're not, you know, like, the, the machine is not going to make a decision in faith, sort of put their thumb on the scale to let in their friend or their cousin or, or in-law because they don't, they're a machine. They don't have those. Whereas humans are notorious for doing that kind of thing, uh, tilting, you know, putting their thumbs on the scale or, yep. or uh, uh, letting somebody slide by because of, you know, reasons. There's any number of them. Or promoting someone or, or going with someone's you know, decision or, or business plan or whatever because you like them or are more likable. Yeah. Or what does that matter? Same fraternity or same college yeah. or, you know. <laughs> all, there, there's any number of reasons that people tilt the, uh, tip the scales in favor of, their, uh, of, of one party or another where, you know, the, the, the whole point of doing it by a machine is that you can rely on that machine to be consistent yeah i mean yeah. consistency is important and also as long as being consistent means that you're being uh accurate that you're not you know to bring it back to identity and and um and the whole uh universe of things that, that go around identity authentication and and uh authorizations and things like that y you don't want to have it be a crapshoot when you come up to the retina scanner yeah, you want to get the same, you know, the same result every time. Yeah, letting the person in who's authorized and not letting the person in who's not. That's right. So th <coughs> this is where it gets interesting because 
when they talk about you know paying identity which puts on the event other other companies google um salesforce uh microsoft when they talk about this stuff about using ai for identity management you know it's sort of ai driven identity management or authentication they're not talking about oh we're gonna we're gonna turn the ai loose to do a retina scan well the retina scan is automatic it should do that on its own Hmm. what they're saying ai should be used for is when you are taking a variety of factors of authentication factors and you have to make a judgment on them you have these reams of data about be, um, uh, behavioral analytics, um, uh, bi- behavioral biometrics, how someone holds their device, when they log in, how they type, how they um, move their mouse, things like that. Stuff that I don't think you or I, as humans, unless we devoted all of our time to studying you know, a handful of people, are really in any position to make a judgment on, right? That, the argument is the AI algorithms can do that. They can take that data, they can analyze it and make a judgment on it um, when there's so much data and so many factors that it's just it's too much for us, you know, as, as human security managers or Id- identity professionals to make, um, to, to do that, to make those judgments. I guess the question is like, is that better than the current system of, you know, passwords and logins and credentials and all this stuff, if we start running into a situation where the the, the algorithms are just saying, um, oh, well, it's Peter, but, you know, you got, you moved your mouse the wrong way and you logged in at a different time and you logged in from a new device. So that's three strikes according to our, our, this formula. You're rejected and you get too many false uh, positives. Or false, would it be false negatives, false positives, false rejections? You get my point. Yes. You're you, but you're getting rejected. Right. I mean, let's say I got punched in the face. (laughs) And so my my facial recognition is off or or, or the way I move my lips is off. Right, right. Um, Let's say that I also happen to have had my arm broken. Yeah. And so my typing is off. Yeah. And let's say also that I just got, I just shaved off a beard and lost 20 pounds and, and so on and so forth. We can, you know, come up with hypotheticals. But I think, I think one of the key things is, is that my assuming that the scientists behind these uh, technologies are doing it science-like, they're probably, uh, they're probably building in ways that you can assign uh, values. Yes. That you can... Identify where there's uncertainty. I mean, if you have 95% certainty across, say, I don't know, five different factors, maybe that's enough. Maybe it's not. Maybe 95 across five factors, but 10% f- 10% likelihood that it's correct in one factor means that the whole thing is rejected, or maybe it means that it doesn't. I think um, some of the people that I've spoken to recently have have indicated that there's there's times when you really need to to be strong in your confirmation of an identity or an authentication, right, right. where you know you're moving money around, let's say. Whereas, if you're just looking to see an extra article from a magazine that you're subscribed to, 
they don't need to re-authenticate you every time you load a page. Right. Maybe, probably. Probably. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, the other the other piece of it is is if you are you do have these machines doing these things for you, but you're not a slave to them. You've got to have a mechanism where where there's some where you, you, there's got to be a dial you can set where if the if the certainty is below a certain point, like if you're if you're at five nines or at four nines yep. or at ninety five percent or whatever whatever uh, uh, boundary you want to set, you can say to the you can ha- you can set the machine to call a human to uh, to to adjudicate the uh, the authentication or to or to, to call in somebody else to yeah yeah you know so that so when I when I got punched in the mouth and I broke my arm and I shaved off the beard and I got a haircut and I lost twenty pounds um, and I'm and I'm only coming up to ninety eight percent certainty that it's me or ninety five or, or eighty yeah then somebody should call me up and say what's going on and then and we get on a video call and they see that I'm in a hospital bed or right. whatever it is right. and, and it's like hey is, you know and then they then they get whatever other piece of confirmation that they need to to authenticate but um, I I think of uh, the whole set the whole point of doing things by machine learning and AI is to take the routine boring uh, and 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 terribly um, inaccurate humans off of these repetitive tasks and, and put them on the things that are yeah. where there's an interesting thing. I mean, we all, uh, I'm sure everybody has stories about going through uh, um, security at the airport. Oh, of course. And then, you know, coming out the other side, you're in the airport and you'll start looking in your bag and you find, you know, the Glock that you forgot to, I mean, I'm, that's an exaggeration. Yeah, it never yeah, happened to me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I, what has happened to me is that is uh, uh, things that I would ordinarily have expected to be called out on, like say a, a six ounce container of liquid uh, that was completely missed because it's humans and they're not really, you know, yeah. it's hard to do the same repetitive task perfectly. Oh, eight hours a day, 40, 40 hours a week. I mean, it's interesting you bring that up because that, that very thing kind of was was discussed uh, a, a, f- a few times prior to the event and then during the event. Um, uh, Ping Identity made an acquisition where they picked up this company called, it's a startup called Elastic Beam. And Elastic Beam basically takes uses an AI system that they built to uh, monitor and uh, authenticate and potentially block APIs. So it looks at API activity. You know, imagine being a security manager and having to look at API activity all day. That's pretty mundane. By and large, you're probably looking at mostly legitimate activity, boring stuff. Well, this AI, this the, their flagship product just looks at these, at all of these API calls, all the API activity. Are they being used properly? Is something amiss? And if something is amiss, it blocks it automatically without a hu- – it doesn't flag it. It doesn't send you an al- alert through a SIM or it doesn't, you know, say, okay, you know, security manager, CISO, come take a look at this. It just blocks it. Now, that sounds great. But what if, for whatever reason, it starts, you know, shutting down APIs and you have third-party companies that you're working with, you have apps or whatever, you know – 
that could create problems. Uh, and the way it was described to me at the event was, well, we don't really have any choice. Like we've got to go with this technology to do things like this at scale because there's just too many APIs. There's just too many authentication factors. There's just too much going on that we can't have people just sitting around doing this analysis. And I thought about that. I'm like, that's, that's kind of scary that we're at that point, but it, I guess we should have been expecting it with all the data that's out there and all the things that we need to track, like, like API calls. Well, so that, as you were describing that, it just, it, it reminded me very much of my first experience with uh, firewalls and learning what a firewall did. And I was shocked when I was told uh, that a firewall looks at the headers, the IP headers, for uh, s destination and source addresses and a couple other things. And if it doesn't, if, it, if it's got a filter set up to filter out everything that comes from uh, one particular network on the internet that's, that's a source for a lot of uh, bad stuff, mm. it'll, the, the firewall, the way it was described to me was the firewall drops that packet on the floor and goes on to the next one. And I, as I say, I was a, a little bit shocked, like, oh, don't, don't you send back a, a, an error message or something? N well, and the answer is no, because it takes up too much time. It takes up too many resources. Right, right. It's not, it's not, it doesn't help. The doesn't, there's no value add there. There's no value to the person who owns yeah. the firewall, who's running the firewall. There, there is value to the person who's sending the, the package. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hopefully you've set your firewall rules to only reject bad packets from bad places. So yeah. you don't care about the person who's sending that firewall. You, It's fine to just drop it on the floor. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, uh, at some at some point there's gonna there's always times when a firewall rules have to be revised because you're blocking somebody that you don't want to block. Yeah, but by the same token, you know how how far down the the uh, the hole of, of data are you willing to go to uh, to put a human controlling it all? It's, you know, and and, ha and how much how much how much uh, disruption are you willing to? to tolerate. Yeah, and and this is sort of the scary point. I'll, I'll go back to what um, Andrew McAfee said in his keynote, because it's, it, it's, it's fascinating, but it's also scary. At what point is there gonna be so much data to make these decisions that a human can't like reasonably sit there and do it? Do you see what I'm saying? Like how many authentic authentication factors how many nuanced sort of behavioral um, data points and biometrics are going to be too much for one person, one identity professional, one security manager, one network admin to sit there and say, well, yeah, I could spend days looking at this, but even if I spent days looking at it, it's too much. Think about this for a second. McAfee was talking about this in his, his keynote when he was mentioning the machines, the algorithms, the machine learning algorithms, the AI is proving itself to be more and more trustworthy. And, you know, I said that nice. That's crazy. He gave the example of, I, I had no idea about this. Did you, I mean, you've heard about Deep Blue with the chess and, and the, the, you know, Watson with Jeopardy. Google built a, an AI called um, AlphaGo for the game Go, the mm -hmm. chi Chinese game. And it, it, destroyed, I guess, the, the best player in the world, like the, the Go prodigy, 
I think it was like four matches to one. And one of the things he talked about in his keynote was that AlphaGo was able to basically see things so far ahead, see so many different possibilities. It's not humanly possible. There are so many different ways to go to this game and it started playing the game in a different, a vastly different way than had been played before because it was able to see so many different possibilities. And I wonder if that's where we're gonna be going with AI and authentication and, and identity management, that these identity profiles and, and the complexities are gonna be so vast that there's gonna be no choice but to hand over all of this stuff to the machines. <laughs> as I lower my voice, you know, cause you know, I'm paranoid about machines, but I wonder if that's where we're going. Well, we're going to have alpha go f like, you know, can I get into the building today? Alpha go. Can I, can I log onto my laptop? Can we get into Chernobyl computer and I get into Chernobyl to, to, to discuss, uh, to, to do our podcast? Well, no, not if you're going to badmouth AI, I, you're not going to be able to. <laughs> well, Rob, I've said it before, but I, for one, welcome our new AI overlords. You are a sellout, Peter. But uh, <laughs> well, no, but it, you're right. It is. It is a little scary. It and and it reminds me of some other applications of AI where uh, where there's simulations of different things. In in fact, the some of the robotic stuff that we see the videos of out of um, a robotics company that's just up the street from us. Oh, Boston, Boston Dynamics. I yes. Where, so one of the, one of my understandings of, of how some of those things are, are designed is that there's simulations. Um, they basically let uh, you know they build machines and they put them on tethers and they and they let them do stuff and discover the universe by moving around. And if they flail around, that's you know negatively uh, 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 ne negatively uh, reinforced. And if they do something and it, that works for them, then it's positively reinforced. And so the, the solution at the end is not necessarily the solution that you envision. It's the solution that the random or so pseudo-random trials and, and iterations come up with over time. And they're not always, it's not always the same, but they're, but, but they're, they're it's, it's, like it's like doing evolution in super fast time. Yeah. And so we've got, you know, living creatures in this world that are very bizarre looking or seem to be bizarre or, or, or are just, you know, wild. But there's a reason for everything. I mean, it's just that we don't necessarily know what the reason is. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if I want to rely on, uh, on, uh, an AI to, to, to have access to my life. That could be where we're going, Peter. It could be. Well, that's why I welcome yeah, the overlords. Yeah, yeah. 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 Keep saying it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll save us down the road. <laughs> uh, thank you, Peter, for joining me in this discussion. Thanks for uh, checking out Identiverse with me and uh, discussing AI and machines. And uh, appreciate it. Always glad to be here. And thank you to the readers and listeners and all the AIs and machine learning algorithms out there. Uh, for listening to this episode of the Risk and Repeat podcast. I'm Rob Wright, and we'll see you next time.